0: So where do you go to, I mean, are you just going, are you just looking on a public record? Are you just looking on, you know, on the tax card and looking for addresses that are out of state?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm going to use software to really manipulate all of this. So I'll go to the assessor and I'm going to ask them for the the real property list in that county. And I want it in a CSV format. Then I'm going to go to my guy on Fiverr.com. I'm going to have him scrub that list in Excel using you know some some v lookup and geeky things like that he's going to give it back to me i'm going to upload it into my software called lg pass and i'm going to press a button and it's going to send out via lob.com all my offers so i used to have a a virtual assistant janie in south carolina and she would handwrite the the letters and do the mailing and this is you know years ago now we got it all automated in fact of the business now is automated between software and inexpensive
0: virtual assistants. I got you. Well, it's very interesting that, you know, we're talking about direct mail and ways to reach out to people. And the reason it's interesting is in my mastermind groups that I'm a member of, I'm starting to hear and see a trend to where more and more of the high producing real estate investors and I'm not talking people in land, such as your niche, but you know, single family houses, more and more real estate investors that do a lot of deals are doing more and more outbound calling. So, are you still today totally relying on direct mail or are you reaching out to them in any other additional ways?
1: I'm only doing direct mail. Again, my niche isn't going to be nearly as competitive as you know, let's just say trying to buy a house, right? Because if you go on HGTV or the DIY network, I mean, every show on there is, you know, about these fix and flips. Like if you had me on, on flip this land, the before pictures, raw land, the after pictures, raw land,
0: it's really not good TV. Right. <laughs> like, oh, there's Mark in front of this computer. Yeah. Well, Hey, look, I, I mean, I love the rehab model. I, I love, I love the rehab portion of it because you know, my best guess is there's no such thing as contractors and overruns and Murphy and his relatives showing up for the unexpected rehab cost. Correct. Correct. Exactly. And so pretty much you know you know what you're gonna get. All right, so you're so you're direct mailing them. Now, did I hear you say you're actually mailing the owners of the property an offer?
1: Correct, an offer.
0: Is the offer a offer to purchase? Is the offer a letter of intent? How do you communicate to them that you're actually making an offer?
1: It's an offer to purchase with contingencies. So we have a, we have a way out, but right. it's, it's an offer with contingencies. They sign it, they send it back, and then we start going through the due diligence process.
0: Nice. Now, I also heard you say, I believe that you get somewhere between 3 and 5% So you mail out a hundred offers and between three and five people of those hundred are going to right off the bat, take you up on your offer and sign it and send it back. Correct. Gotcha. Now, how do you establish rapport with these people to where they don't feel like they're being scammed or this is actually the real deal or what do you put in that envelope that helps in some kind of way, give them a sense of security and they feel safe in, in communicating back with you?
1: Well, I think that because I've been doing it for so long, you can just Google Frontier Properties or A plus BBB rated company. So we kind of walk them through how long we've been doing this. But even if you're a newbie, you sort of just walk them through the process because this asset has now become a liability. And also they're not emotionally attached to it. So if you, it's kind of like If you go in your garage and you start looking at all these things that you've got kind of piled up and they're just taking up space and mental bandwidth, someone comes to you and says, hey, Jay, I'm going to clean all this out for you. You're not going to be like, well, I don't know. You're like, yes, okay, take it. No worries. So it's very, very rare that we get somebody kind of pushing back on our credibility about buying it. Because again, we're not talking real dollars here right? I mean, our average purchase is between, let's say between 3000
0: and 15,000. Gotcha. Gotcha.
1: If you or me, would you rip you off and ruin your reputation and, you know, have all this, you know, bad press on, on, on social media for $15,000? I wouldn't either.
0: Right. Gotcha. So let's say someone has responded. Favorably, I assume they're picking up the phone call. Are they calling and talking to you or one of your team members before they sign that offer to purchase, or most of them just signing it? Or do do most of the time there has to be some kind of conversation before they actually ink that offer and send it back in?
1: Usually, there is a conversation with our intake manager. So our intake manager will talk to the seller. Sometimes they just want to call and yell at us (laughs) and say, "How dare you!" That's right. Sometimes they're confused. So sometimes they're like, well, you know, my parents own this property and they both died and now we've got like a probate situation. So our intake manager qualifies them first before it goes to our acquisition manager who might actually close that deal.
0: I got you. So let's say you're at the point of you're actually under contract and now it's time for due diligence. So let's hang out here for a couple of minutes and really dive down on what are all the things that really need to be done before you as the real estate entrepreneur, you know, write that check and you close on that land?
1: Right. So for the most part, because the raw land is in the Southwest, a little bit in the Northwest in Florida, I'm not buying in New Jersey. I don't have to worry about super fund sites. So we'll still go to EPA.gov, but for the most part, it's going to be a financial transaction and I just want to confirm you actually own the property. So you say, oh yeah, I'll sell you the property. And then I go to the records, I contact the recorder. They say, oh yeah, Jay sold that two weeks ago. So that's a no-no. Now, if it's $5,000 or more, I'm just going to close through a title company anyways, and they would do a lot of that work. But if it's 5000 or less, I might take the risk, especially if it's an area I know really well, and just close directly and not go through title. And so that due diligence checklist is confirm you own it, Make sure that the back taxes are not gonna ruin my margins. They're not gonna, you know, it's not gonna exceed the value of the property. Make sure there's no breaks in the chain of title. So from the beginning of time, I wanna make sure there's a clean delineation of, of ownership. It doesn't go back and forth. And then I wanna make sure that there's nothing that, you know, like an IRS lien on the property or, or something I couldn't handle, like a mechanics lien or some type of, of encumbrance that's clouding title. And then from there, I just want to confirm that what can you do on the property? I'll contact planning and zoning. You know What's the, the well depth? How far is power? What can you do out there? What are the restrictions? Because that's going to be for my marketing package and that's going to help my next owner know exactly what they can do and they can't do out on that property. But Jay, as long as I've been doing this, I'll tell you what, there's a pig for every barn.
0: I, I mean, big for every barn. You, you, you and I
1: probably wouldn't want to own this property, but there is someone out there that does.
0: <laughs> well, you answered my question. So I was going to ask if you're actually using a title company or a real estate attorney to check the title and, and, you know, go through a traditional closing.
1: So my team in the Philippines is plugged into an American title company software. So we'll do that for 5,000 or less but 5000 or more we're going to go go through title
0: yeah smart 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 so you've done your due diligence and now you're closing on the property now you own the property now I'm really intrigued about your technique of reaching out to the neighbors so two questions how do you locate the neighbors and what do you and how do you communicate with them
1: Right. So that GIS map, you click around it. We have our virtual assistant go in and they just upload all that information the surrounding owners and they get, it just all uploads in there. And then we send out that, that neighbor letter from there. And that neighbor letter letter is really focused on FOMO, fear of missing out.
0: (laughs) I love it. I love it. And I'm assuming that when folks go to the landgeek.com forward slash J as in J A Y and get the free gift, I assume they'll have your contact information. So in case someone wants to continue this conversation and learn more about what you do, they'll have a way to contact you. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So you're reaching out to the neighbors. I love the. I'll tell you what I love. I love the simplicity of, First of all, how you decide how much you're going to offer for the land, you said that you take this really, really complicated calculation of looking at the lowest comp for the past 18 months and dividing that by four, so you're going to offer 25% on the dollar of the most recent comp. Now, how do you, now, how do you get the comps for the last 18 months?
1: So that's all public information from the county assessor.
0: Got you. And I assume that you got a virtual assistant and some easy software that, that can locate those comps, right?
1: Exactly.
0: Beautiful. Exactly. So then you own the property, you're getting ready to market it, so when you, when you market it to the, to the neighbors, are you disclosing the price or how much detail do you give the neighbors on the property and how they can own it from you?
1: We want them to pick up the phone. So we'll just say we have this property available. It's on easy owner financing terms and, you know, no credit checks. We're going to make this the simplest, most transparent, easiest land transaction you've ever done. This is old school land selling. Your word is your bond and contact us for more information because this property is not going to last long at this price. Email us or call us for details.
0: Okay. So you just tease them. Give them, let them know that it's available. You got easy turns, but you don't reveal the price until they respond to your marketing piece, right?
1: Right, right. Because what's happened in the past is when we reveal the price, they call us and say, oh, we'll sell you our property at that price. Right.
0: <laughs> right. No. I got you. So how do you come up with the price?
1: So typically for the price, we're going to look at time value of money. So I don't want cash. I want I want that note. We use a land contract, a promissory note, and a purchase sale agreement. I use a software called geekpay.io that automates getting the down payment so it's a set and forget it, and then collects the monthly check via ACH. But Jay, if the ACH fails, it'll charge a credit card on file. So I took my default rate down from 8% to 4% with software. And then the borrower can go in, see their current balance, make a prepayment at any time, and see their current balance. So it avoids all those phone calls. Hey, Mark, what's my current balance? Or how can I make a prepayment this month? So I really love this software. Now, getting back to where, you know, where do I basically price it? So if I'm going out five years, 10 years, time value of money, I'm marking it up typically 600 to 1000%, depending on
0: the area. So in that case, if you've got $2,500 in a piece of land, you're going to market it for how much?
1: So 2500 So anywhere between $15,000, $25,000.
0: Nice. And you're going to look for a down payment of $2,500. And so you bought a piece of land for $2,500. You're going to sell it for $15,000 to $25,000. You're going to take a minimum of $2,500 down. You're going to finance it. So about what would those monthly payments look like to the buyer?
1: car payment. I want it to be a car payment. So depending on that buyer. So I've I've had payments anywhere from $99 a month, all the way up to 5,000 a month.
0: Wow. Gotcha. And you mentioned you're using a land contract. So you're not taking back a mortgage or a deed of trust and encumbering that property. It's all done with land contracts. So it's, it's all paper.
1: It's all paper because if they don't pay, then there's no cost to foreclose. They've got 35 days to cure that default. They don't default. I'm going to get another down payment, another buyer. I'm going to extend that ROI out.
0: I love it. I love it. So what percentage of those neighbors end up actually being your buyers versus having to find the buyers elsewhere?
1: 20%. Okay. 20% is neighbors. Another 30% is my buyers list. And then the other 50% is going to be from some type of, outbound marketing.
0: Yeah. So I assume you don't sell them through the multiple listing service. Cause if you did that, you'd have to be paying a realtor a commission. So you're finding all of your buyers offline, right?
1: Yeah. This is for sale by owner. They're all. Yeah. I mean, i would just go to Facebook buy sell groups or Craigslist and just say for sale by owner.
0: Now you, you mentioned that you also market it to your buyers list. So how do you build your buyers list?
1: So a buyer's list is going to be, You want to give something of value. Let's say a white paper, a video series. So I have a website called, you know, three fatal land buying mistakes. So I'll say, here's how to avoid the three fatal land buying mistakes. And then in exchange for your email, I'm going to give you this list of how to avoid these three fatal land buying mistakes. And then, you know, Jay, we're going to give them seven more land buying mistakes. And we're going to build rapport that way. So we're going to educate our buyers to be better, smarter buyers. And in that process, we're going to build trust and we're going to build authority. So when I do say, oh, by the way, here's our deal of the week, they already know me, hopefully like me, but the most important is trust me.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, Mark, we are out of time for this show. So parting comments and how people can get your free gift one more time and continue the conversation with you.
1: Yeah, Jay, thank you so much for having me. I'd say uh, for my parting comments, I love quoting Zig Ziglar. If you'll do for the next three to five years, what other people won't do, you'll be able to do for the rest of your life, what other people can't do. And if you want to get that $97 passive income launch kit for free, just go to thelandgeek.com forward slash Jay.
0: That's awesome. Thank you so much for being here on the show, Mark. I love it. I love your spirit and I love your business model, man. So to all of our viewers and listeners, thank you for tuning in. I'm Jay Connor, the Private Money Authority, wishing your real estate investing business to the next level. We'll see you on the next show. Bye for now.